0: NEWS ON THE HOUR, SPONSORED BY ROCKET MORTGAGE.
1: I'm Deborah Rodriguez in New York. President Biden is about to take the wraps off a new rule to rein in ghost guns. They can be made on 3D printers, ordered in kits, online, and they don't have serial numbers. Shannon Watts, with Moms Demand Action, will be at the White House for the announcement.
2: Ghost guns, because they're easily accessible, homemade, they're untraceable, they are the weapon of choice for many dangerous people. Correspondent Stephen Portnoy.
3: While they make up just a fraction of the firearms seized by public Police, homemade guns are a
4: growing percentage and the White House says they've been used in nearly 700 murders and attempted murders since 2016. The new regulations will bring so-called ghost guns under
3: the same rules as other firearms, requiring that they have serial numbers and be purchased through a federally licensed dealer.
1: Russia is accusing Ukraine of new provocations ahead of an expected onslaught in the eastern portion of the country. The Kremlin has installed the same military general who led Russian forces in Syria to lead this fight. U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is meeting with his Indian counterpart today.
3: Russia's invasion of
1: Ukraine and the humanitarian devastation that it has created are blatant attempts to undermine the international order that is grounded in the rules and the principles. That we share. India still relies on Russia for fuel supplies. Gas prices in the U.S. have soared since the war began. They could go even higher in California after a massive fire near San Francisco. The four alarm fire completely destroyed a pier near the Valero refinery, which uses the port to offload crude
0: oil from ships. If the port is out of commission and there's a challenge to bringing in crude to that refinery, that will absolutely have an impact.
1: An impact on the already limited supply of gasoline in California as Benicia Deputy City Manager Mario Giuliani. Energy expert Dave Hackett says any disruption in the refining process could push gas prices up even more.
2: Whether or not that gets to the pump it's a little too soon to tell, but it's not helpful.
1: Matt Bigler for CBS News, Benicia, California. The Vatican says it's looking into the possibility of extending Pope Francis' trip to Lebanon in June so he can fly to Jerusalem to meet with the Russian Orthodox patriarch there. They met once before in Cuba six years ago in the first meeting of its kind since the Great Schism in the year 1054. The CMT Music Awards are tonight on CBS, and Kelsey Ballerini will be hosting from home home after she tested positive for COVID.
2: I'm feeling much better. I'm more bummed than anything. Physically feeling okay at this point.
1: I still have five outfit changes and I'm wearing them all. Dow down 180. This is CBS
0: News. This hour's newscast is presented by Rocket Mortgage. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Do you know what people see when they Google you? Search engines don't always get it right, and when they're wrong, it's your reputation on the line. So what do you do when you don't agree with your search results? Call Reputation Defender at 800-401-6681. Reputation Defender is one of the most trusted names in online reputation repair. We have over a decade of experience in fixing people's search results, and we can help you too. Using cutting-edge approaches, Reputation Defender pushes unflattering information down to lower pages of your search results, where few people ever look. We also promote the good stuff so that it rises to the top letting you put your best foot forward your good name is too valuable to leave to the whims of a google algorithm you owe it to yourself to take control with reputation defender visit www.reputationdefender.com or call 800-401-6681 for free advice on your situation that's 800-401-6681
1: the baseball season's underway, and several minor leagues are experimenting with new rules that may or may not make it to the
3: majors. Robotic umpires will be used in many, but not all, Florida State League games. Daytona Tortuga's right-hander Chase Petty likes them.
5: It's the same zone for everyone. There's no advantage for anybody. You know, there's no missed calls. You know, you gotta you got to work for what's yours.
3: When human umpires make the calls, pitchers, catchers, and hitters will actually be able to challenge balls and strikes. Daytona manager Gookie Dawkins says he's told his team to challenge judiciously.
4: We just got to make sure we pick our spots on when we need to use them and kind of keep it towards the back end of the game where we may really need something.
3: Peter King, CBS News, Daytona Beach.
4: A
1: West End revival makes a big splash at London's Olivier Awards. cabaret, Cabaret won seven awards including Best Actress and Actor for Eddie Redmayne. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News.
0: Now today's federal newscast. In a major update to performance.gov, agencies have a new set of goals to meet under the president's management agenda. The Office of Management and Budget will collaborate with interagency teams to set targets for empowering the federal workforce and improving customer experience. The Postal Service takes inventory of what it's accomplished more than a year into its 10-year reform plan. Federal News Network's story Heckman has more.
5: USPS converted 63,000 pre-career track employees into career positions over the past year, a move the agency says has stabilized employee availability across the country. The agency spent more than $6 billion on capital investments over the past year. More than half that has gone into the first order for 50,000 vehicles under its Next Generation Delivery Vehicle contract. USPS says greater flexibility to set mail prices has helped the agency bring in nearly $2 billion a year in added revenue. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Find these stories and more at federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Eric White. Federal News Network,
0: helping feds
5: meet their mission. Here's your reminder, fellow procrastinators, that tax day is coming up. Good job if you filed already. Did you claim that home office deduction? And if so, think you still might next year. Your workplace away from work might not get as much use later this year, depending on which federal agency you work for. The Biden administration expects the vast majority of the federal workforce will be back in the office by the end of the month. Telework is still on the table for many agency employees, but what does this future of work look like that we've been hearing so much about? Well, maybe the future depends on where you work based on what we've seen from office reentry plans. Look no further than the IRS, which got up to speed with telework early in the COVID 19 pandemic, but has gotten heat from Congress to get employees back to the office. Sound familiar with what you're hearing from your agency's leadership? This is Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, and for more on what a return to the office means for you, check out today's Federal Report at FederalNewsNetwork.com. This is
1: Amtower Off-Center on Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now your host, Mark Amtower.
4: Welcome to Amtower Off-Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today with one of my favorite people in the market, Joanne Wojtek, the program manager, program director, goddess of the soup program at NASA Joanne welcome back
6: thanks for having me
4: always a pleasure so for for the three people in the universe who are not aware of soup uh, give us a little background and on on soup and on you please
6: that's right, So, well I'll, I'll start with me since that's the older thing <laughs> <laughs> I've been at NASA for uh, coming on to 45 years Um, and half of it as a programmer primarily, and then more recently in the past 27 years with uh, the NASA SUP program, and since 99 as the director of that program. Um, SUP itself started in 93 as the first government-wide acquisition contract vehicle for IT procurements. Um, we we did it to try to get a computer for a a, a scientist at NASA a little faster, um, and that's how in humble beginnings to what has become now a ten billion dollar a year contract uh, vehicle. Um, we um, we set up Soup to be as flexible as possible while meeting all the right policies and providing information to. Both industry and government, and run our half over halfway through our fifth iteration of the super contracts, um, providing I, ICT, um, information communications technology, and AV solutions, both hardware and hardware, software, and services um, for the entire federal government. We're one of the only two vehicles outside, you know, G, us and GSA that actually have customers
4: um, on a regular basis from every agency okay and this you know next year we're going to be celebrating 30 and i uh boy i, I remember the uh the 25th anniversary party i was way out in virginia wasn't going to miss the party drove through this blank blank rainstorm to show up at nasa soup hq and uh, and it was a blast um, so I'm looking forward to, to the 30th anniversary party. <laughs> I don't know that we plan one, but we'll see.
6: <laughs> well, we'll yeah, try,
4: hopefully by then. <laughs> try, try, try not to let it rain on me that day, either that, or I won't be in Virginia. I'll be at home and there'll be a shorter drive. So the, the, the soup program continues to, uh, I was going to say amaze the market, but I think that we're beyond that. Everybody expects the performance. So the current performance of, of soup is exactly what?
6: Um, so uh, we, we did in FY22, we did go over the $10 billion in obligated <laughs> funds, either through new orders or modifications to existing orders. Uh, so that was our first time above that that point um my assumption is based on what we're seeing so far this year will be about the same i i am not i'm not thinking they're going to grow another 25 as we have been in the past few years um but um and it is as i mentioned covering the entire agent, the federal agencies um so um and and we have another i know you know a lot of industry listens to this show um while we have 140 contracts, we are now well over 8,200 companies who have products or services on those contracts and continue to add about five a day, which to me is, is one of the most surprising statistics that we continue to add those those companies
4: to the existing contracts and, on, on such a large scale. And, and I, I, I love asking this question. How long does it take you to append a new company to the contract? So, if, if
6: in order for a company to get out to the contract, um, the industry contract code has worked with that company. They, they submit the requ- request. Um, I no longer review them. We actually have another staff member, so thankfully, <laughs> who handles it because it is quite a uh, lot. It um, takes them a few minutes to, if we have the, the right information, even less time. So, usually within an hour, uh, during a, a business hour, um, after the requests come in, um, assuming that it's clear that the company has in-scope in products, which is all that we really need at that point. We'll look at the actual products themselves when they are asked to be added to the contract. So it's the, the time that is spent is mostly with working with the contract holders um, to, to um, work out a business arrangement to have that be added to that contract.
4: Yeah, and that that is one of the things that, you know, makes your contracting your primes extremely happy they get you know an inquiry from an agency we want this they get the inquiry from the uh the oem uh we'd like to play on this and you guys are able to perform literally within an hour most times i mean i i get the anecdotes directly from the reseller community and occasionally from the oems themselves
6: yes uh it's uh... Pretty much we, we guarantee a day uh, for everything we do it's soup and pretty much everything we do averages out to less than
4: an hour you know <clears throat> that's extraordinary considering the uh the number of contractors and the number of companies on so we we, we haven't gotten quite past this pandemic thing um and i know you know having spoken to a number of your staff members over the last couple of years uh, i'm talking to them from their home offices so what what kind of impact has the pandemic had on soup operations and on sales over you know the last 30 months
6: well sales i don't think has been affected at all from a customer point of view and from the basic operational um, integrity of the program and, and, and processing of the program, that was not affected at all. Um, a fantastic staff, um, fantastic tech team, um, who quickly made sure that everything was was working from remotely and has continued to provide that support um, has has hit in all of the the bumps and bruises of, of, of getting into telework that. Uh, from our customer base whether it be government or industry so so no impact directly there I think the impact at, 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 and sometimes it's like well then you can just telework and everything's fine um, I do want to note that with your stress and strain that goes with telework when when you're especially when you're in a program like ours that has so much cross teamwork and cross interpersonal you know, relationships so we're really looking forward to a going back to a hybrid situation um, it's not so much that again there'll be an immediate change to our outward appearance but we're always trying to do things better and learn better and improve ourselves and it works i think having the time when there are in our case we'll be doing two days a, a week um and people will be in the office to provide that 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 ability while still keep giving more opportunity for
4: telework than we did before okay so <clears throat> pardon me so was, was there any impact on the, the use of soup because of the pandemic from the agencies?
6: Um, it's, it's hard to pin down to any, uh, you know, we grew a lot over the last two years, but I don't know that, how much the pandemic had to do with it. We, we did see some increase in, um, in, in requests for certain types of technology, um, you know, that dealt with remote. Whether it be you know laptop type technology or virtual technology, um, you know we've we added all the, the 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 conferencing newbie stuff that's out there, um, and in fact have bought some new stuff for ourselves to get to, and that we've already made use of to to help with that virtual environment. So um, it's not it's not something that's easy to pinpoint when you're dealing with um, sixty thousand actions a year uh, to find which ones are directly affected by COVID. We had. We had requests for things that we couldn't do, like you know, can can we add you know, um, disinfectants and that sort of stuff. Got a lot of questions about that, and the answer is it's no, of course you can, we still was required to do um, within scope. So um, so we did have to turn away folks to go to the right place to buy things. But uh, yeah, so I think it, it had an effect, but not. It's hard to, to measure it against just general growth of the program.
4: Okay, we're going to take our first break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'll be back with Joanne Wojtk, Program Director of Soup, right after this.
2: Your mission success depends on the security of your information.
1: At Leidos, our scalable and high-speed full-spectrum cyber is that bedrock of security. We operate three of the four largest security operations centers for the federal government, applying decades of insights to deliver rapid, secure, and scalable cyber solutions for agencies of every size. When the mission is what matters most, Leidos delivers full-spectrum cybersecurity at scale and at speed. Leidos.com slash security.
3: A federal career can last 30 years or more, and so can your federal retirement. Tune in for your benefit every Monday morning to get the information you need to plan your retirement, maximize your federal benefits, and increase your financial savvy. For Your Benefit, presented by NITP and sponsored by WEPA, offers valuable information on topics of interest to the federal employee. Join us each Monday at 10.05 a.m. on Federal News Network. For additional information, visit nitpinc.com.
2: Here's a highlight from Bill Wright, the Senior Director for North American Government Affairs at Splunk on the DoD Cloud Exchange, sponsored
5: by Splunk. In today's complex world of distributed services and microservice-based applications, it's really imperative that organizations cut through the noise of their
3: multi-cloud hybrid environments so that they're able to detect um, and eliminate those incidences
2: quickly. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search DoD Cloud Exchange. Splunk, a recognized leader in log management and security orchestration automation and response, is helping strengthen our national cybersecurity posture by designing packages for federal agencies that address cyber incident response requirements per executive order OMB-M2131. Agencies must act quickly. Splunk understands the cybersecurity challenges agencies are facing and is prepared to enhance federal cyber capabilities to help the federal government meet their mission. Splunk. We turn data into doing. Visit splunk.com slash public sector.
0: Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool and ride with people you know and trust safely. By forming a commute circle with your rideshare group and following current safety guidelines, you can enjoy your favorite way to get to work in a safe manner. For more ways to ride safely to and from work, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org or 1-800-745-RIDE.
1: News critical to your federal
2: career. Subscribe to the Morning Federal Report at Federal News Network.
4: Welcome back to Amtower Out Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Joanne Wojtek, the program director of the NASA soup contract. Um, so in, in the iteration Soup 4. You started bringing in stuff that people were talking about, but not really doing anything about. And that was the supply chain integrity uh, aspect of identifying where, you know, all of the the issues around supply chain. Uh, Can you explain that a bit, please?
6: Sure. So, you know, start start with the point that, that what is the main, what do I view the main purpose of NASA soup? Program office to be, and it is to be the a, a place for providing information to help customers follow the policies that they need to follow. <clears throat> so we don't make policy, but we try to find information that, that helps them. And if, obviously, one of the key ones is if I buy something from a you know a reseller, how do I know it's okay? <clears throat> how do I know that they're, they're either approved or or that they're getting it from the uh, the right. Chain or, or or where is this company even located that buys this stuff? So and and then we also were concerned with are there any standards out there and um, that would happen that we had, uh, in that area and, and in the early two thousands um, the Open Group started working on a standard under the auspices of the DoD um, with industry to develop that became the ISO two two four three standard. <laughs> so we we we. we 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 struck at it from two different views, you know, the, the general view of how do we interact with customers, uh, how does how do, how does business interact with each other to sell and resell, and then how um, how standards might fit into that.
4: Okay, so but I mean again, you know, the government was talking about it back in the early two thousands, but you actually incorporated uh, as part of the the contract in suit four. Um, I believe that's accurate. Is it not?
6: Um, to some extent, we really—I I would put say that—that that it came to primary fruition in Soup Five. Uh, we, we used Soup Four to learn and to, I think, it, 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 which often happens with Soup. But we'll we'll get into an area that we're interested in and then use that iteration of Soup to learn, and then in Soup Five, we really built in um, the processes that we found work best to. Um, to identify what what it means to be a, a legitimate reseller of a product or a service and um, and to display that to our customers.
4: Cool. Well, I wanna shift gears and talk about small business performance on soup. So for years, since you've been in charge, really, there's been a small business component and that actually probably predates some of the mandates for, uh, for use of small. So you take companies like Worldwide Tech, which used to be a little tiny 8A, now they are not a little tiny 8A, they're a multinational. Uh, Red River, uh, Thundercat, you know, on and on and on. You, you've got a ton of success stories. And one of the reasons is, you personally do not want companies on your contract that can't produce. So you used to visit everybody and make sure they knew how to leverage the vehicle. How do you guys keep that up?
6: <laughs> um, I keep it up by having a great staff. Uh, so I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> and we, went, we went to 140 companies for soup Five. Uh, I will note that, that the small business part of soup dates back to 93. Um, when, when soup won, um, we, we had specific areas for small businesses um, and, and as, as with everything, each iteration, we improved on that. Um, and, and with soup 5 well, I think with soup 4 we added the SDVOSB. We were the first contract vehicle to have an SDVOSB set aside, a government-wide contract with that. So, um, so we've always been adding that to our, our, um, our portfolio. With sup 5 um, we're at over 80% of our dollars go through to small businesses. And unlike other contracts where they only do small businesses, then they say 100%, well, that sounds great, but that's because there's no large businesses competing with them. The fact that we have large businesses and we still get 80% of the dollars to the small businesses speaks well to how we set up the program to make it easy to identify a a small business group, like an SDVOSB or a... um, uh women owned small business um and so on and so forth and then and then make it easy for the customer to do a set aside to that group and and receive quotes and 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 obtain their, their orders so um so we really pay attention to that and that has kept us with that high percentage even within a mixture of large and small businesses. Um in terms of uh, you asked a question I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs>
4: The, the you know how how you help small businesses on the contract, right? Basically,
6: um, yeah. So so the and and we we we've all yeah. As I said, we've always been uh, been cognizant of that. Oh, in terms of, of meeting with them, what what this is this is not just small businesses, but it's it more you know obviously important to a small businesses coming to use us. Um, we have a team, um, a contract total relationship management team. And um, truly, is a team, for a while, it was me, and then it was me and one other person. And now it's, it's quite a team of folks who, um, who are in constant contact, and who, are, who regularly ensure that they are meeting with each of the contract holders on a one-on-one basis. Um, and then we actually having a program managers meeting this summer. Our first it will be hybrid, but one of our first you know, non, non-virtual, non-fully virtual meetings. Um, and that will be an opportunity for us to interact with them. Um, we pride ourselves in, in, in knowing the companies and, and being able to, to reach out to them and work with them. Um, and I think it does help the small businesses that may struggle with, with you know, if they just throw in a contract to say, go do it yourself. Um, even when they it, when we have an ovation, which we've quite a few contracts, um, we have a, a teaching session with them. We, we make sure they understand how this contract works and, and, and how best to utilize it.
4: Okay. Have there been instances where a novation has been requested, but you turned it down?
6: I believe there have been instances where an attempt to novate was not within the bounds of the FAR, in which case that would not have occurred. Um, so, it, you know, basically, we follow the FAR regulations about how novations occur, and we, you know, we ensure that, that that occurs. We also do review. Um, a a technical review of all innovations to make sure that the the company uh, meets the requirements of the original soup five RFP in this case. Um, So, so there's, there's a, there's a review process um, in part, because we want to make sure that that the company doesn't just stumble into trying to innovate. you know, they may buy, you know, maybe a a company that sells uh, paper towels um, for some reason acquires an IT company says, Oh,
5: all
6: right, I'll just innovate And, it's it's not that simple. This is not a contract that just is um, is something that you can do without some knowledge of IT and, and, and ability to get into the the, the broad range of, of requirements that come in. Again, sixty thousand uh, you know actions occur every year. That's a lot of actions, um, and and they cover such a broad range of technology that that you have to have a business that that can build itself up in that arena.
4: Okay, so. <clears throat> That's something else I should have touched on earlier. Sixty thousand actions. How quickly can you turn around those uh, requests or process the orders, to be more precise? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. so, so processing the orders,
6: as as I mentioned earlier about about um, adding companies and adding products and and um, and processing orders are all the twenty four within the twenty four hour range. Um, again, and and as as. We stated most things that we do is within an hour so an order comes to us we are not we are not um, actually acting on orders all that we are doing when when an order comes to our system is is checking make sure that all the items are in contract they're in scope um, they're from a valid federal agency um we can we put in the point of contact information enter the enough information to track it and then send it off to the the contract holder for processing so it's a it's not it's not an actual um you know, we're not signing contracts. Uh, we're not. A, right. uh, we're not a contract, but but we do we do provide that a lot of tracking and and ensuring that that um, that everything bought is is correctly bought.
4: Cool. Uh, well, <clears throat> that leads me to my favorite end of FY question. Um, do you have any ideas how many orders you processed on September 30? <laughs>
6: Um, surprise, well, surprise question. Uh, I, I can I can get that fairly quickly um, I, while I'm doing that I will say that obviously September is is a major uh time for us um, probably I, I off the top of my head I'm thinking like 30 percent or more of the, of the dollars you know if, if, if go through that that month if if not more um, it is it is a um, it is a very busy time it's 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 not changed much there's been slight bumps and changes of, of how much happens um but it's it's been pretty consistent um from from year to year um in terms of, of september just really uh, uh being the key one in september 30th itself we're open until until um uh, midnight um and we are doing orders until midnight on on the 30th to uh Deal with all that. Um, midnight in
4: all time zones, or what?
6: Uh, no, no, midnight. Midnight for our time zone. <laughs> Easy time. <laughs> um, we're, we're not. Uh, you know, we, we. And it's not even necessary that 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 not be true because the time of the order is the time that is it's signed by the CEO. So as long as the CEO signs the order by September 30th, um, it's September 30th order. Even if we, even if we process it through our system the next day because we're not doing you know, actual procurement action on it. So it's already a valid order uh, based on that. So, so we do do uh, quite a few orders um, later in, um, in the month uh, of October, um, but, but most of them come in before that. And I, I apologize, I can't. I can't. I do not. I thought I would good. No, that, that's friend. fine.
4: He <laughs> gave me a ballpark figure, so that's yeah. great. We are going to take a break. Though you're listening to Am Tower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Joanne Wojtek, program director at NASA Soup, and we'll return right after this.
2: Here's a highlight from Renata Spinks, the Assistant Director for Information Command, Control, Communications, and Computers, and the Chief Information Security Officer for the Marine Corps on the DOD Cloud Exchange. The principles and the pillars that have been network security, data visibility, these things have always been something we paid attention to and designed our architectures to. Zero trust is just evolution. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search DoD Cloud Exchange.
3: Oracle Cloud redefines innovation with enterprise-ready solutions and integrated services, allowing government to build, manage, and secure mission-critical workloads seamlessly in the cloud or on-premises. Defense agencies trust Oracle Cloud with DISA IL-5, FedRAMP High, and National Security Cloud regions to support secret and top-secret mission data workloads. Learn more at oracle.com slash DOD. That's oracle.com slash DOD. Your mission success depends on the security of your information. At Lidos, our scalable and high-speed full spectrum cyber is that bedrock of security. We operate three of the four largest security operations centers for the federal government, applying decades of insights to deliver rapid, secure, and scalable cyber solutions for agencies of every size. When the mission is what matters most, Lidos delivers full-spectrum cybersecurity at scale and at speed. LEIDOS.com slash secure.
2: Here's a highlight from Paul Puckett, the director of the Enterprise Cloud Management Agency for the Army, on the DOD Cloud Exchange.
1: My cloud enablement vision is working with customers when it comes to what is your architecture, where are you going, who's your customer. And we're starting to point them towards those enterprise services around data. and allows us to start to fit this architecture together
4: in real time.
2: Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search DoD Cloud Exchange.
4: For the Department
0: of Defense, Avanti makes the Everywhere workplace possible. DoD's IT modernization requires harnessing automation, AI, security, and emerging technologies to secure the cloud in the hybrid enterprise. Avanti is a U.S. based software company providing zero trust security, unified endpoint management, mobile device management, risk based vulnerability management, and enterprise service management solutions for GovCloud, FedRAMP, and on premise deployments. Visit Avanti.com. That's I V A N T I.com.
4: Welcome back to AmTower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Joanne Wojtek of NASA Soup. You can find them at soup.nasa.gov, and um, if you're if you're not as familiar with Soup as you should be, that's a great place to start. Um, so there, there's there's a lot of success around your program. It is literally the poster child for GWAC success. So, what are the keys to the success of the program?
6: Um, so, the, the easy question, the easy answer is uh, is staff. Just having the most fantastic staff. And I, I, I may not have emphasized that in the past, but maybe this past two years that made me recognize it even more, or or whatever it is, man. Just having a fantastic, dedicated group of people who, who care about the, the, the mission of, of providing that acquisition process to our customers. And it comes through in the customer service. We get a lot of kudos for our customer service team. Um, the fact that we look at at how at, I think a part of it is that we look at, at the partnership that we provide is not just to the government customer, but we're a partner with industry. Um, you mentioned, you know, finding out more about us. Um, we have an industry team. I mentioned the contract over team before. We also have an industry team. This is, this is relatively new um, the past couple of years uh, that, that is dedicated to working with those companies who don't have a contract, but may want to add their products and services to suit. Um And they are all constantly going out and, and, and interacting with industry and understanding, understanding industry, I think can help government acquire their products better. That's, so, uh, unfortunately it seems radical uh, because the government tends to think, well, industry needs to understand us first and I, I think it's, it's a, it's, it goes both ways and that's what we've always strived for. Um, and by knowing that, we're able to give, give our customers, our government customers better information about you know about industry, about what's being bought, about how best to proceed, and we understand what what's going on. So um, that's that's a,
4: a key. Okay, so I mean, you implied the answer to my next question, but let's let's take a look at it anyway. And that is why customers keep increasing their usage of your program. So,
6: so another another key that, that has also provided a lot of the growth is um, we're building up a what, what we started out at Super 5 calling a, an agency catalog, and it, it's still a term we use, but it's evolving into more of a marketplace. Um, so one of the areas that, that we have found customers uh, need help when, they, when they're buying lots of stuff is just where do I go? How do I find what's okay, especially in the in, in, in the in today's world where the CIO um, and, and and other you know, high-level agency folks want to better understand what's being bought and, and want to maybe, I don't want to say control, but they want to make sure that what's being bought fits the, their policies. And so how do I, as a, you know, if I'm, some technical person who just wants to buy a computer. How do I make sure that, that I'm buying one that, that fits my agency? Well, we can provide that agency a marketplace and where they put those, where we show which of those products are available on Soup. Make it easy to find. It's it's, it's an evolving technology that we're doing dealing with, and um, and it has definitely been a driver for some major agencies and some smaller ones too, who want to to have that place that they know their agency customers. Um, can, can get to those items that, again, are identified as the agency approved or um, there's different terminologies. At, at NASA, we call it a covered articles uh, marketplace. Um, and and that, that is one of the big drivers
4: of, of recent years. Well, and, and one of the reasons they want to know the, you know, the CIOs, the CTOs, those people want to know this, is they're graded every year on that Victoria scorecard and this helps them align everything they bought from you with their mission, right?
6: Yeah, that that and, and, and the security aspect of it. You know, if if for NASA um, they go through a process of, of um identifying a product, making sure that it that it fits within the, the security policies of the of the agency. Imagine just saying go you know, go off to Amazon and buy something and 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 not knowing which ones you know the CIO has approved yet or not. It's much easier to go to Soup and say, hey, there it is. This is the list. You know, here's the list and here's the products and here's who you can buy it from. And it's, and it's all right there for NASA to go to. Um, it, it 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 gives that CIO the confidence that that they are you know again not not controlling, but they're providing the customer base with these are the, the approved ones. These are the ones that you can get to, and the customer doesn't have to spend a lot of time on their own, trying to figure it out. So we're trying to help both sides of that, that equation.
4: Cool. So I want to shift gears yet again, and let's talk about the strategic goals for 2022. Uh, you had some very specific ones. I think we discussed briefly last time you were here.
6: Right. So, um, so in 2022, um, we, we came up with three, uh, goals for this year um that are the strategic nature. we have many goals of different types um, and by strategic that means uh, new areas or areas that we're going to focus on that maybe not not so new but we, we find um a, a concentrated effort will, will help move them forward uh, we talked about um supply chain so one of the goals it has to do with industry I mentioned that we we have been doing our best to provide information about interactions between you know a reseller and a business and an OEM and so on. But we have found over these past five years that there are so many iterations of what that means in industry as to what the supply chain means and, and distribution, or even where you know knowing where a company exists, whether a company is owned by another company or not, and and, and how those interactions are handled. So, we really want to spend some time better, best understanding that, so that we can provide the, the, complete picture to our customers about how a product gets from the start to the to the end. Um, the second one has to do with the, uh, um, with training. Um, it's our external communications uh, strategic goal, and this this comes down to we have been doing a lot of external training to our customers uh, over the past. Thirty years, uh, particularly since '99, uh, and we've been using pretty much the same uh, deck of slides. You know, obviously it changes by you know what's available, but the basic deck, the basic flow of the training has been the same. And it seems like maybe after thirty years, there might be some new ways to do things. So, so looking at what what are what are some some of the best uh, current ways to integrate a, a multimedia experience? How do we integrate virtual now? That that's a piece of it. And how do we improve that? That educational to come up to the modern world, and then the third one is more of a um, of my own vision of, of things. My background is deals a lot with um, with um, from since nineteen seventy seven when I first walked into NASA has been dealing with interfacing to the customer, and obviously that's the websites now. And what I realized in the past year or so is that. And since 9b since the since Java came on on board um, and, and, and JavaScript um, the way websites interact with the customer has not changed much. Um, and I, I feel like there's a time this is a time for a change. Um, I'm, I'm very careful that we're not talking virtualization or the metaverse. What I'm looking at and having this team do is look at, um what how do we visual is can we visualize the information navigation and by that i mean if you go to the nasa sleep website there is a lot of information there is so much information we can tell you everything on that site so much information that it's hard to know where to start it's hard to know where to go it's hard to know how to navigate all that information and in my in my vision and what this vision quest team is doing is saying so can we make it a visual rather than a textual uh view into that information. And and a simple way of looking at that is it might be five doors, one door is for contracting officers. They open the door and they see that they're in a library and the library has books. Ah, that's where the documentation is. It has a video screen. That's where the TV, that's where the videos are. Um, what what are cues that we can give customers that this is where you find the information that, that works in their intellectual way um, and their visual way, rather than expecting them to drop down menus, go to different sites, pick here, go here, help lead them there. So um, so they're, we're researching how best to do
4: that. So is that it on the website? Yes. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure. We're gonna go ahead and take a break then. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'll be back with Joanne to wrap up right after this.
1: What's best for you and your federal career? And what comes next? Your turn with Mike Causey. Search your turn.
4: Hi, this is Luke McCormack. Please join me on Tuesday, April 12th at noon for my monthly series, The Federal Executive Forum. This month's program will focus on machine learning and artificial intelligence in government. The panel includes government leaders, from the Veterans Affairs and the Defense Intelligence Agency. Don't miss the Federal Executive Forum on Tuesday, April 12th at noon, right here on Federal News Network. Sponsored
3: by H2O.ai, Aerospike, and Pure Storage.
2: Here's a highlight from Mike Mallaret, the Director of Sales Engineering for Public Sector at Veritas Technologies on the DoD Cloud Exchange, sponsored by Veritas Technologies.
3: When you consider moving applications and data into the cloud, it's very important that you leverage technologies that are going to be able to give you a comprehensive data protection strategy for being able to restore from within that individual cloud or to another cloud or back on-prem.
2: Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search DoD Cloud Exchange.
0: Whether you're migrating to the cloud, from the cloud, or between clouds, protecting your data and ensuring business continuity are critical priorities. Veritas can help you build a unified multi-cloud strategy with resiliency at its core to help ensure strategic and mission-critical decisions. Our enterprise data services platform is designed to give government agencies the confidence and control to transform, protect, and optimize your multi-cloud. Visit veritas.com forward slash government for more information.
6: Hi, this is Derek T. Dortch, host of Fed Access. My show covers a lot of ground for current and future feds. Career advice to transitioning from military to civilian roles. We talk contracting for small and medium-sized businesses, veteran issues, and national security challenges from counterterrorism to defending against cyber attacks. Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch Monday afternoons at 1 on Federal News Network. Or subscribe to Fed Access on iTunes or Podcast One.
4: Welcome back to AmTower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here wrapping up with Joanne Wojtek of the NASA Soup Program. Again, you can find them at soup.sewp.nasa.gov. Sorry, I didn't spell the soup earlier, but if you've been in the market for a while, you know the acronym. I hope so. I get a couple of wrap-up questions here. Is is there are there any real plans to expand beyond the uh, the Expand the scope beyond the products, um, predicated on feedback that you're getting, et cetera.
6: Well, I I think my my first statement of that is it's already been expanding quite a bit and still and still not it's five five years into suit five week that still is not fully understood by even our, our contract holders at times. Um, we added um, product based services, and that was a very generic term that I came up with to, to describe any service that touches upon products. It doesn't mean that they have to include a product. It doesn't mean it has to uh, be a a specific product, but that there be it has to be some you know some product basis to it. So uh, that includes things like uh, AV technicians, you know, running a, an AV um, area. Um, Things like that, so it doesn't have to be just installation, which is always, it, but the whole the whole gamut of, of of support and usage of of the products that are in scope for Soup. So, so there is actually a lot within Soup that that is allowed in Soup Five um, that, that was expanded. It has been used more. That is part of the growth that we've had. We've had some understanding of of how to utilize that, um, but we're still working on getting that word out that there is there is a lot of services there. Um, we really consider ourselves now a solutions contract, not a not a product contract. Um, what we do at, at with Soup um, and, and that, the, actually the services is a good example. In Soup Four, there was a lot of questions because we did have limitations. Um, we we went to Soup Five. We said, well, what what were areas that we could add? Um, we added medical um, health IT um, in, in Soup Five that we didn't have before. Um, we we added the services piece. Um, we and, and if you go back to the history of soup, if you went from one to two to two, uh, each one of those there has been a jump in the scope, and it's based on on feedback from our customers, um, internal discussions about where we want to go with the program, um, and and so on. And so we did go with the full gamut of every type. It's not it's not a full support service contract, uh, but but it does provide that. Go to, as we move forward, of course, we will continue to look at. What are the areas that people keep asking for? Um, An interesting one, not service-related, but we get a lot of questions about is drones. You know, hot topic of today, um, one area that we very specifically said no to, and I'm thinking I may still want to say no to, but we'll certainly have to look at that because there's always questions of, well, we allow cameras, we allow sensors, we allow all the pieces of drones to be on the contract, but we don't allow drones themselves to be on. Um, And much of the same way with services, we allow certain types of services, but um will we would we allow that that more general support services contracts always a consideration has always been a consideration in, in suit um but no way to predict at this point where we go with that
4: okay how how much of these these uh, uh changes are predicated on customer feedback
3: we are now recording
6: um, so in terms of, of customer uh, feedback, one yeah, you know, I, I mentioned the fact that we do, did health IT in soup five um, versus soup four and, and that was that was totally based on the VA's customers um, coming to us and in, in soup four and, and looking to um, to add more of the IT that was that was permeating health, the health industry uh, as we moved into that, that era. Um and and so we 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 always looking at, at what our customers are asking for and when we have to say no to them, uh, we don't like to say no that that's not in scope. Um, so then we ask ourselves, well, what can we do to to make that? You know, do we want to make that within scope? Is it? You know, we want we won't, for example, add disinfectants. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, COVID people wanted disinfectants. They wanted um, they wanted some of the 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 more um, specific things to COVID that that are not IT related. We, we can't do that and we're not going to we're not going to expand beyond our, our base of, of what we do but there's always new ideas and and, and, and requirements that maybe don't quite fit um, drones are certainly one um, that that we have had customers ask for uh, even robots you know where, where where does where does the where do you go from being a robot to being uh, you know my robot vacuum cleaner is great it's definitely IT. I don't know if that quite fits the scope of what Soup does, but we'll listen to what our customers are asking for and understand why they think that that should fit in and then discuss
4: internally. Okay, well, that makes perfect sense. I want to shift gears again. I'm going to start off with a short anecdote. Back in 2009, you guys invited me down to keynote uh, uh, the Soup annual conference. And it was in uh, Austin, And it was absolutely wonderful. When I walked into the hotel, it was like walking into a family reunion. The vendors knew the contracting officers. They knew each other. Everybody knew the soup staff. And, you know, the ambiance was palpable. So you guys have done a lot of of events, but over the last two years, really a little longer, you, you couldn't. So, what are you doing? I mean, you, you do something with NCMA. Explain that to me. So um, a few years back,
6: uh, as, as you mentioned, we used to have our own own conference, and we recognized the fact that, that there was actually something going on that where a lot of our customers already went to, and that was NCMA, the National Contract Management Association's annual event um, in the summer. Um, this year it's July 17th, 20th. Um, so up until uh, 2020, for, for, for a few years prior to that, the afternoon or the last day of the NCMA conference, we would hold a soup event. So it wasn't actually part of this, directly part of NCMA, but it, we tied ourselves into that time and that place. So, so somebody attending NCMA could just stay there an extra day or not go to NCMA, just come to the soup piece, um, spend the afternoon um, in-depth in um, learning about soup, both industry and government. Um, it was wide open. Um, and we are restarting that this year after a two-year hiatus, um, and um, and we'll be having an event on on the twentieth uh, Wednesday in um, I believe it's in Chicago this year. Um, so it's it's our way of trying to build up a uh, that event. We also have local events um, that we've done, um, and we had a, a few in the DC area in um, okay. prior to twenty twenty. Um, we, we we did hook in with a few virtual events during the past two years but looking forward to our first hybrid event coming up um, with the uh, supply chain risk management uh, forum um, it's an all day event in in the DC area but it will be virtual so it's available to anybody to uh, to register for um, there's information coming on our website um, it's not um, It's, it's not, I believe we don't quite have the registration available, but it will be, um, and I'm trying to make sure I get the right date here, um, on, uh, April, I'm sorry. I'm on May 24th in Arlington, Virginia. Um, I believe there is in there. Um, and this is actually not a soup supply chain discussion. It is a government wide supply chain discussion Uh, we'll have people from NIST and and OMB and and obviously NASA and Soup and um, and and various other agencies and, and industry to talk about key IT related supply chain issues. So we're trying to bring that um, a, a specific view that that would help um, both sides of the equation in, in this the key policy issue.
4: So you, you should be able to find the events uh, where Soup will be either hosting or participating on uh, soup.nasa.gov. Uh, so there's there's a lot. I remember, you know, you've been on panels that I've moderated with other GWAC PMs, and those are always fun, too, but I haven't done one of those, obviously, in a couple of years. So. <laughs> yes, and,
6: I, and but, I'll be doing my first travel this summer to, uh, to some events, So. <clears throat> start to get out there and 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 do do that. Yeah.
4: any any final thoughts? um.
6: We we you briefly asked about about the scope, with just a, a note because it is coming up, and I want to make sure people are aware that we are aware the Super Six is coming up, but we're not ready to talk about it yet. So uh, this is one of those uh, you, you get you get the full full information that I can give you with it, which is nothing uh, other than the fact that um, it's three years away. Um, we're we're, we're, hit, we're hitting we're hitting the uh, it's 20, it's May of 2025. We'd have to have new contracts in place, so you can do the math on that and realize that you know. If the government's going to do something of this nature, we're going to start working on it um, internally, and that's where we are. There'll be nothing externally probably for another year or so. Um, but when we are, I'm sure you will you will hear about it, Mark. And we'll certainly be happy to, um, you know, make sure that you are able to publicize how people can be involved. But it's certainly a year or so away before before we do anything public.
4: Yeah, you know, I'll be all over that. So. <laughs> Joanne, thank you very much for joining me today. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Have a wonderful rest of your day. This is not my day job. I advise companies on all aspects of marketing to the government, but I specialize in helping companies build subject matter expert platforms, uh, develop content to, uh, to support that platform, and then bringing it all together on LinkedIn. So if that resonates with you, drop me a line at markamtower at gmail.com. And thank you very much for listening to Amtower Off-Center.
1: You've been listening to Amtower Off-Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.
3: Here's a highlight from Dave Zakowski, the Director of Defense Solutions at Akamai, on the DoD Cloud Exchange sponsored by Akamai. Digital transformation is really recognizing the trifecta in your organization. The people, the processes, the tools, and putting that all together and enabling it in a more digital and less manpower-intensive way. And the important part of that description is that it's the technology is part of the solution. It's an enabler. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search DOD Cloud Exchange.
0: Akamai is the cloud company that powers and protects life online. As a trusted partner to U.S. federal defense, intelligence, and civilian agencies, Akamai is committed to enabling your cyber modernization and digital transformation journey. While improving user experience and application availability, we continue to support the most critical priorities for the public sector like zero trust, MFA, and micro-segmentation. Learn how we're powering and protecting life online at akamai.com. That's A-K-A-M-A-I.
2: Tune in on Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m.
1: for the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Learn from industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Innovation in Government examines a wide range of topics and evaluates their payoff. Cybersecurity, big data, mobility, cloud computing, and more. Innovation in Government, Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. on Federal News Network. Search Innovation in Government.
0: The Federal News Network's community spotlight is Meals on Wheels America. The numbers are staggering. 18 million seniors live alone. 9.5 million are threatened by hunger. And over 50% may be malnourished. But you can help knock those numbers down. Donate to Meals on Wheels America to ensure local programs are able to deliver meals and companionship to those who need it. Nourishing both body and soul through the power of a knock. Learn more at MealsOnWheelsAmerica.org. For more information, visit FederalNewsNetwork.com and search partners.
1: Interviews, news, and intel on the Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Federal News Network. Search Federal Drive.
3: WFED Washington. WTOP FM HD2 Washington. W283DG
5: Sterling. WTOP FM HD2 Braddock Hites, Frederick. Portions free recorded Federal News Network.